Bob Green, Roleplaying Public Radio. This is RBBR, episode 119, the duality uh, postmortem for the duality Eclipse Race campaign, where we'll be talking about duality. You are correct, Ross. Yes. And things that are dual on a regular basis. Uh, Yes. Uh, With me, uh, as most of the time, is Tom. Hello, everyone. Yes. This is my announcer, Uh, Ross. Do you like it? (laughs) Okay. I see there's... I don't. (laughs) Shut up, Caleb. We also have Caleb. Uh, and Aaron uh, here, because they were the ones most likely uh, who played in most of the campaign. Uh, <laughs> that we were w- there. Duality was kind of a big, sprawling thing that uh, went over a year, almost two years, actually two years, yeah. It went over two years. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Really? <sighs> uh, well, no, I, well, now it's two years, because it started in, like, sub- summer of 2013, and it ended... March of this year, I think. So, and then we had just posted it a little while. This year, 2015. Yes. So, (laughs) so 15 minus 13 is. But it was March, not July. (laughs) Okay. So. All right. Yeah. A year and eight months. Uh, Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Jesus. Well, at least give it to two year date for posterity. Uh, So, uh, for news, very important fact there. uh, First for news, uh, we. Uh, I'm still working on the Boiling Point Kickstarter. The main book is out, yay. Uh, and you can buy it, uh, buy, buy, buy my book. Uh, but uh, there are three more, uh, four more PDFs. And, well, the first one of them is done for the Stretch Goal PDFs. And that's Sparkles the Unicorn. Uh, the text of that is done. It is 7,000 words of sparkly goodness and Or as evilness. Caleb says, sparkles. <laughs> uh, it describes him both as a hero and a villain. Uh, so you could use them in either one way. One of those is false. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, to be uh, honest, we only saw him in one capacity. Sparkles yeah. must really like uh, Cabin in the He's Woods. A play- he can be a playable character, yeah. uh, player character. Yeah. Uh, Given a couple thousand years prior to our... He has some uh, interesting game mechanics things. Uh, he can grant superpowers to other people. Uh, you know, the blessings of the unicorn. So he, and he likes giving them to children and street vagrants uh, <laughs> if they amuse him. Uh, what about vagrant street children? Well, especially, you know, they need laser vision. Uh, so uh, there are two, also two sources of superpowers uh, with him. You can either get the blessings of the unicorn, uh, which can be temporary super, or permanent superpowers. Uh, and there's also, for the evil characters, uh, unicorn body parts are can be used to create magical items. So, uh, like healing potions, the blood can be used to make uh, healing potions. Oh, healing, which potion, have, healing potions that don't taste like hairy poop. Oh, no, they do. They explicitly do. You have to make a resolve check. Uh, Just refusing to let that go. Oh, okay. no. Caleb started it. Well, thank uh, you for that. They, they, I'm enjoying that shout out. They, uh, they, you have to make an, a willpower test to drink one uh, and keep it down in order to heal. Is that actually in the rules? That's in the rules. Okay. It is like, a, oh, God. We're not going to have disassociated game mechanics in this game. Uh, <laughs> could the same rules be, uh, you know, be applied to Balut? Uh, no, Balut is a curse upon this universe. Uh, I, I believe, and does not I be- heal your wounds. Because I believe my character's dragon was, oh god! Yeah. Oh god! Uh, there's also a scenario seed, uh, where Sparkles, uh, is trying to find a legendary magical artifact, and he needs your help to do so. Uh, because you really want to give a, someone like Sparkles access to an incredibly powerful magical item. So. Aaron would say, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, douse an entire FBI division with neurotoxin. <laughs> they were all like. assholes. Yeah. All right. See, no, right. Yeah. yeah. Much better to say. I know it's okay. rationalization, but I don't care. Assholes. Yeah. Rationality would not be any. <laughs> that is your opinion. I wouldn't bring that opinion, in. sir. Okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> anyways, the text is available for Kickstarter backers of Boiling Point. Check the Kickstarter page. 
for details. Uh, I've com- I'm trying. I'm currently in the process of getting artwork for it. Once I get the artwork, then I'll, I'll lay it out and I'll put the PDF up for sale and send out emails to all you, the backers so they can get yeah. they can redeem Bro, the copy through Drive Through RPG. I, I have to. I have to know. Yeah, the Sparkle's a brony. No, God no, Jesus, Good. why? Yeah, that's why? something. Yeah, it's a unicorn. Uh, I yeah. He, uh, let's see, what else? Um, yeah, there's three more PDFs after that. Uh, Death Trap Volume 1 and 2, which Caleb and I will work on. Uh, <coughs> and then uh, The Masks of Chaos, which is uh, not at all a way related to Payday, except that it, you know. Uh, it's directly yeah, Those of you who play the game, you might see some clever Easter eggs and homages. Uh, <laughs> indirect. So subtle. So Guys, subtle. Go, get the, go get the stuff. Uh, and we have to, you know, have you publish the concordance. <laughs> For this, so that the scholars will know. I know it's it's uh, there's the wiki page. Uh, the neuromancer is walking the wastelands. Uh, will to carry your standard high like IMDb uh, so, or the internet movie fire. So next, so next year, if there's another payday con, can we actually take it up to Almir and say, please bless this? Uh, no, uh, he would be please like, get away from me. Uh, <laughs> And he would be justified. He would. He would. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about a close phase uh, in this game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, duality in particular. So... The uh, long-awaited sequel to... That's love. Sequel to No Evil. So. No, no, no. It, it was not intended to be. We a had sequel some guest stars. But. It was set in the same continuity, but it was supposed to be the whole thing. Uh, so yeah. So I guess I should start this by describing what my goals and intentions in creating duality were. Uh, my goals were actually I didn't. There wasn't. A particular narrative that I wanted to tell, per se. My goals were actually all kind of structural and metagame, like outside the game itself. Uh, the structural goals were one: I wanted to run in the campaign set in the rimward part uh, and the gate crashing part, the kind of the parts of Eclipse Phase that No Evil did not get to, uh, and so that was the first major goal, uh, and that kind of drove everything else and. Uh, two, I wanted to, I did want to take place in the same continuity as No Evil, so I wanted to touch upon like what happened to the veterans of No Evil. So I wanted to make sure that I could work them into the plot. Um, and obviously, I kind of did more or less for everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, let's see, three, I wanted to try out as many new ideas. I kind of think of it as sort of like a campaign sampler like instead of having one campaign that does one thing it's like here's what a campaign like this could be like uh, I think that most clearly came across a in the Jovian campaign. yeah yeah because uh, even though there was there was more of a serialized plot going it felt far it was far more episodic from where we were going from place to place so yeah um, than the progression that we had in no evil so yeah. of at least a clear goal because we always had Lauren crystal in the yeah, uh, Lauren, in Lauren Crystal, like, and part of this was also kind of like, I think, what I wanted to do what I failed to do in the Dark Sun campaign, which was having, like, a framing device that allowed the players to jump across an entire setting uh, and then focus on the individual adventures, more of an episodic campaign. And I think... I yeah. want to be clear here. Yeah. The failure of Dark Sun... <laughs> Was not your fault. <laughs> I'm going to leave that there and say no more. But I just want to be 100% certain we're on the same page. Okay, there. okay. I appreciate that. Was uh, it my fault? <laughs> yeah. Did you even run an adventure for Dark Souls? No, I did yeah, not. So I played in I played You, you did play. Uh, now that, well, let's leave some negative space there. Yeah, there we go. I shall not come down on one side or the other. <laughs> Other than to say, 
you were not the one at fault. Um, <laughs> but I like the idea of it. I wanted to. I wanted to do it right. The idea of like an episode, like you know, I mean, TV shows now are all based on this one. Like, let's have a really complex narrative, and it's the age of Netflix. So people will binge watch the entire fucking thing in one day yeah. or over a weekend. But back in the day before Netflix, people, you know, shows were much more monster. Back in the our week. day, uh, monster of the week or kind of like what you know, let's let's put on a show, gang. You know, we got to get money from the corporate this week. So oh yeah, how can we shield this toy? And yeah. oh, <laughs> well, I, I think more like, again, literally like the X Files or uh, stories, uh, episode shows along those lines. So. Um, that's why I wasn't really so out of all the things in there you know you can't get everything perfect in campaign why the overall arcing narrative suffered I think in some ways is because it wasn't my concern I like you're you're go, you're chasing after Lauren Crystal he's doing bad things across the solar system go to stop him from doing it it's just like you know you're part of Go, you know, I want to have something more than your firewall. Go do firewall things across the solar system. No, and I, I think you actually it, it did. A, that was actually very well put, uh, despite like the spaces where, that we had between gaming sessions sometimes. Yeah. Uh, which honestly, if you're talking about doing something episodic, that actually kind of worked a little bit to maybe the our advantage, uh, your advantage, because. Uh, you could almost treat that like the uh, oh this was the season finale for this particular arc right. and then you go in and the characters are kind of remembering it um, but going in and then just getting the the baseline of it uh, but when also but I bringing the example of the X Files um, that's actually one of the reasons I did like Lauren as our antagonist is that. Uh, as a parallel, he was kind of the cigarette-smoking man, the one who was always in the distance kind of maneuvering certain events. Uh, but it didn't necessarily link into absolutely everything because we ran into general weirdness overall. Uh, or the little seeds that you kept putting in there. Like when we were doing... Oh, sorry. I know this is going to be off. Uh, but when we were... Oh, uh, Green Spartan and the... Uh, the extropia? Uh, extropia, yeah, for extropia. So, yeah, uh, when we were going off on that little tangent, and then uh, getting the a couple of the other things that we had to do on those that were fucking only God. mildly connected yeah. to our crystal. Uh, so yeah, so what am I talking about? Yeah, so that that was my overall design goal uh, with uh, duality was to try the, and of course, uh, one of the things. I think, uh, one, you know, trying weird ideas out. So that's why the mirror pillar came in very early on. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Because they want to uh, know what the hell that was. <laughs> um, I know they do. Uh, they will be disappointed. Because <laughs> uh, in their answers, geez, what, 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 are you, what are you made for? Um, yeah, who'd want But those? So, yeah, I feel like I, I – because I had this idea of I, – I, like. That was my initial things, and then like if you games in, I was like, oh, let's try this crazy thing, and then I would because I discarded a lot of ideas too, and so um, we'll get into that more later. But yeah, why don't we talk a little bit about what you guys' overall impression of the campaign were, Tom? Uh, well, like I said, yeah, uh, I think it was good. It was good that our villain wasn't well. As much I love I love Minjapa, but the whole time right. we're just like like. God, what happens if we finally encounter that guy? Good God, he's... I, I, we, I, he was kind of built up. I really like this one. Is He's just this figure yeah. we vaguely know about. Yeah. No, not really fearing him. But like, well, it would be really great if we could catch this guy. Because this, this is good. How many places do we have to go to look for this fucker? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, in character, I'm doing it. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't... You know, it was, again, I was never bored. That was okay. another great thing. 
I, there's been some campaigns. There's been a, a, some sessions where I kind of just start tuning out. Yeah, fair enough. But I think everyone, I love everyone has something to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, once once again, I think also we coordinated of what kind of characters we were going to play before we started. So yeah, we, kind of, we we had a good group dynamic and character. Well, right off. we. You did. I mean, you did have that origin of being the gate, you being roped into firewall, which is sort of unusual for the setting. Uh, and there was some problems with that. Actually, characters, player characters, something I want to talk about because, like everyone, because the player group composition changed because Jason was start of the group, and he left and took a lot of valuable skills with him. Uh, and as did Drew. As did Drew. <laughs> uh, and I feel that the group kind of suffered a little bit for that, and also. Uh, I know some people were like, we can't tell who's playing who or what your character is. Um, and, you know, I mean, I know you were the morph designer who liked trying out new morphs. And you were, of course, Aspen, the async con artist, you know, uplift. And then you were the social Cyrock. Um, and I feel that those sort of characters were fine. But uh, uh, I don't know. What do you, I mean, Caleb, thoughts overall about, about the big picture before we get into the specifics? Uh, well, big picture, I enjoyed the game, yeah. uh, but as someone who's new to gaming, I think I learned something about myself. Yeah. So, in Red Narkets, I wrote some rules specifically because of duality. Oh, really? Regarding job lines, because mm-hmm. I knew that the nature of the contracts made things naturally episodic. Yeah. Uh, and I knew that that's not how I had run games in the past, Yeah. but I did not think that was a big a deal for me. And uh, about midway through duality, I really focused in Red Markets about a way to build campaign structures other than just job of the week until you get out. Uh, so you could have stuff like in our campaign about DHQS and Labatois and, you know, okay. existing plot lines. Because I, I discovered in duality that, like, I am n- not nostalgic for the days of episodic story structures. I lo- okay. I, I like the modern TV technology. Okay. I like continuing with it. Now, much of this is not a writing thing because schedules during duality were just a fucking nightmare. And that was a big problem. You had no control over that. It was just scheduling was a night. But I did find that like when I would come in and play Aspen, I'd be like, wait, what are we doing? Where are we yeah. at? <clears throat> Where did this happen? Um, and so that was jarring when it was just a result of the schedule, but then like it got a little jarring with that. But then at the same time, I mean, if we want to make a sec- separate topic of conversation towards the PC thing, I think in large part that was the character I played, which did not help with that and the party dynamic, which I guess we can talk about later. But just generally, I enjoyed, I think campaign buffet is an excellent you know, topic. I, I would have liked staying in any one place where we did for a more continued uh, and, and linear story yeah. uh, than than what the way we did it. It's just not. I, I I didn't like not enjoy the game, and I want to be clear about that. It's just I I learned some things about myself as a gamer. Is like things I right. expect more of personal art. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's true. And they were very your characters were kind of flat for that. And part of that, a big problem of that was the scheduling. Yeah. Um, so, and it wasn't a again a design goal because that's I, I just the last campaign I ran before that. Uh, well, it was Tribes of Tokyo, which 
uh, was all about that. And before that, here's a new, new arcade, which was really about that. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I wanted to try something different. And, um, had we not had those scheduling conflicts, maybe I could have done that more. But also the group composition changed, uh, and that kind of changed elements. And I was throwing out, you know, trying out different design goals and elements uh, for uh, Eclipse Phase. So, um, yeah, because this that, was yeah. also in the middle. Because really, from that to that, that late 2013 to now, uh, early 2015. Um, you were still basically, and you and Caleb were ending on doing stuff for Transhuman and then getting right into firewall writing too, right? Um, well, like that, the writing for my didn't really affect this at all. I don't think. Um, I mean, it was basing. I mean, Transhuman and Firewall were all not like it was. I was basing my book primarily on Rimward and Gate Crashing. Primarily Rimward. Uh, I mean, the first few episodes, first four episodes were. <laughs> gate crashing but I wanted to get into um, because but that was just a single gate you know Minerva the Civil War planet and that was an idea I've had for a while again I was like oh I could do a whole campaign well it's a Civil War proxy war between autonomous and like I liked that, that idea and I kind of wish I had done a full campaign of that but um, yeah that, that there's so many cool things in Eclipse Phase I gotta try them all so yeah. the buffet um, but why don't we get into the specifics first we'll just go this sort of chronological order the first thing um I think at first the first game, uh, I have to check to see. I can't remember if I ran Erasure Squad first or Hedro first. I think I ran Erasure Squad first, uh, uh, which was no, kind no of, Hedro came Hedro, before Erasure, okay. Erasure Squad. All right, Hedro was first, uh, and that was the pre- the sort of prequel to the campaign, setting up the framing device of you guys being gate crashers looped into Black Ops for the uh, uh, which would set you up for the mirrored pillar. So uh, Hedro, I really liked, of course. Uh, that's just a classic. Let's throw in weird ideas. Um, Hedro, I know that the de-evolution guy, um, which was you know that you remember, you remember the async yeah. who could de-evolve the minds. Yes, that's actually a character I read up in the Gamma World uh, supplement I had uh, who could do that. I'm like, holy shit, that's terrifying. And the way he's set up in the Gamma World supplement is he's a good guy who's just a hippie and doesn't want mutants to attack him, and so he'll just destroy their brains and make them go all flowers for Algernon. And you're supposed to help this guy out. Like, that guy is terrible. How about we just kill him? Yeah. Um, for the good of the species. Well, then he'll erase your brain. Yeah, that's just... He'll, he'll, he'll Algernon you. Um... I, I mean, that was a pretty standard game. I mean, Hedro, I know, is... Uh, I um, think the party dynamic stuff happened there, though. Oh, yeah? Like, at that early. Because like, we talked about, like... Because that was before David started playing Duality, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we talked about, like, party dynamic, and then we're like, so what's everybody going to do? Yeah. And then everyone had the idea for scientist. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I won't do that. Uh, we're going to need an async, right? So I will do, you know... Um, and my original goal was not to be a social engineer. It was just to be, tell me who I need to impersonate for the plan. I will go impersonate that person, and I will do async stuff. Because that's why I took a character that had, like, uh, depression as a, you know, mental illness. And, like, I, I wanted to have less agency because we had just come off of Tribes. And I did not want to boss people around because out of character I had a dithering allergy. I wanted a character that was more passive and like went along with things. And in that I think. But like the argument was like, let's all, everyone's like, let's all do scientists. And like, 
we did, and then we did not communicate well enough. So then I went away and made not a scientist, and you made a social side rock, and then we had three scientists. Yeah. <laughs> and no combat skills, so and so no hardware skills. So, yeah. No, Jason had hardware. Jason had hardware skills. And then Jason pieced out. Yeah. So then we were, it was pretty much. Yeah, you know, just like yeah, a lot of us uh, just—it kind of felt like the charge of the light brigade without any of the weapons. Well, but honestly, though, that first session, the science actually worked, and I realized in Eclipse Days you could do an all scientist team if they have access to fabricators and makers. They will just MacGyver their way out of problems. We'll like, oh, we, oh, there's a death spot coming. Okay, we'll just build a shitload of nano swarms and eat. You know, let's nerve gas them. You know, let's make up some nerve. Or let's, gas. Or let's just disassemble them to the most elemental essential source. Yes, whatever's quicker. Whatever's you know. quicker. Uh, so. In that sense, that works, uh, and I find that really cool. And I, I would have been fine with an all scientist party with some social characters, but but I think that's a different game than you were. That's at, true. Like, because an all scientist party is not the campaign buffet party. Yeah, like there are because you don't go dropping into say, I don't know, a planet wide civil war <laughs> with your all scientist party. Yeah, and like have like a lot of rational stuff. Also, like Eclipse Phase is a hard science. Yeah, hard sci fi game. I mean, we can argue about like when and where it goes off the rails and stuff like that. But I think in terms of games on the market, it's as hard sci fi as it gets. At least that I'm aware of. Uh, and I feel like writing a scientist campaign like that, that would be like, in order to find things that are going to engage characters that want to do science team go, like, that's a heavy amount of writing without falling into, like, Star Trek yeah. language. Where you're stuck in a lab. Positrons, like, right. and just making up nonsense words, like, uh, and stringing them together. So, like... Yeah, and and that was like, and that was a character concept thing. Also, I I kind of screwed myself over with my character concept because uh, I think we need the initiative sometimes, and I think that it's my natural inclination to do that, and I failed to resist that. Yeah. And then furthermore, I think my problem with my character is that I made an identity thief who was too good at thieving identities, and so I did not really know who the individual character was aside from like a few touchstones on like Aspen's dislike of non-uplifts and sort of self-hatred that made her and I could do those two counselors touchstones and I think that's why she's one of the more identifiable characters in it but at the same time it harmed my attachment to her yeah. Um, uh, although I was going to say, but that's on me. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I would say since you, um, even though you, like say you ha- you say you're having felt attached from there, because of her being kind of the the, the face ape, so to speak. Yeah. Um, that it made it it made it a little bit easier to kind of play her as confused identity most of the time. That even every time she basically synced up, used her async powers to copy somebody else, it just made her more more confused and maybe would be a little more. A little more intriguing of a character for you? Uh, yes and no, but, like, in order to, like, scam our way past problems without combat skills, which is, I felt, like, as the game went on kind of my ability, I felt myself, I ended up, I was just playing a, a long series of one-shot characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which was fine, but, yeah, I actually got more attached to my triad enforcer character in duality than I did to Aspen. Uh, Lou. Yeah, and the uh, Jogan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and in the Erasure Squad game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kessler took me a little time to get 
to feel him out. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't as instantaneous as Preston. Right. And him, I pretty much had immediately. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, Kessler was more of an idea than... He was like, okay, uh, morph designer. That's about all I had. Yeah. I put a little more thought into him than, like, uh... <laughs> oh, the Kenji. Nader. Yeah, the, or the forger sniper. Yeah. Yeah. The Nader. He is legend. <laughs> Barely sure bad. Yeah. Wow. And, <laughs> and yeah, as for Simon, to, uh, I... Uh, part of it was, yes, continuing the joke that all my characters must be Cyrox, so in one form or the other. And one of these days I will break that just because I... Will you? It'll, it'll be necessary, too. It's fun. It, uh, it, for one-shots and everything, yeah, I'll bring it back. But if we ever do another campaign, mm-hmm. uh, if you... I hope so. Also, if I, I have so. another idea... Phase. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, if we do another... I'm sure we will. Yeah, if we, once we do another one, I'll think Probably of something else. Uh, oh, um, you heard that, listeners. Yeah. Note it down. <laughs> <laughs> For a longer campaign, but also I felt that Simon had a story to go off of because uh, I because when we started off, I think Transhuman had not come out yet and the actual stats for the... No, it didn't. Oh, it did? So, yeah. Okay. No, it had not. Yeah, so the actual stats for the humanized uh, uh, AGIs were not finalized yet. I think, though, it was very shortly in the campaign. I let you rework the characters. Yeah, that's, we did it afterwards. But um, um, So it was kind of a challenge setting that up as well. But also, one, I wanted the character who, despite liking what he was, realized the dangers of that and was actually quite pissed off at his, bre- at his brother who decided to, you know, be as reckless as he did and pretty much damning most of his, uh, most of his race on at least in one area so to speak and was doing his best to hide that off but uh, unfortunately at his core he's still a Cyrock and if he sees something of an AGI which yes Sympathy Monster will get to that too yeah um, oh yeah oh god <laughs> <laughs> um which is completely me, but he's going to still try to help out if he can too, okay. since that's that, that was a core part uh, of his character. But I really think Cyrus is. It never hurts to help. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also, I, it, but social Cyrus is a little set of setup because I realized, yes, I play most of the techie characters who are just sitting in the corner going, "I can fix it, I can fix it." Yeah. And I want, I, I did want to kind of go out of my outside my comfort zone for. Better or ill, which this game completely showed. So I just like being—I uh, like being a morph designer that's going through a synth phase at the moment. Yeah, no, uh, I think you guys had a lot of yeah. really good. Moments. I think one of my favorites was yeah, like when I had to connect with one of my old colleagues. Oh, an like, yeah, yeah. As I go out for dinner, like, oh yeah, you're doing the whole synth thing now. Well, here, just yeah, plug in this. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, plug that like a meal chip. So, yeah. yeah, I can uh, taste it. Very in my mild head. narco algorithm. Uh, <laughs> I was Essentially. Like, like, oh, that's very subtle. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one thing I did like about duality was that I actually, I always like having the idea of being a narrative that, like, I don't, I mean, I like the idea of exploring narrative from multiple angles at once, uh, which is kind of why, like, the Jovian, entire Jovian chapter was with the B Squad, and also why I actually ran uh, a total of four one shots um, that were sort of, one was the prequel, Hedro. And then another one was a Racer Squad, which was leading the Jovian Republic chapter. Uh, but then I also ran Outside Context Problem, uh, solely because Jason was in town. We wanted to, I wanted to touch on Proxy Cogburn, because uh, I, well, I, I couldn't figure, you, I couldn't figure out how else to... I tell you what. <laughs> uh, I couldn't tell... Um, 
I couldn't figure out how else to work into the narrative at all. So it's kind of out. It's not even. It's technically cool. It's the least connected game out of everything else. I want to go rescue Preston. Like, I like he looks sad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he chose to live undercover among gangsters. It's not. A, it's a stressful life. Uh, uh, one well, of these days, I'm going to free him. Okay. Well, he could leave whatever he wants. It's just when he chooses. Like, wait. He, I'm literally going to have him in character. Like, wait, I could do that. Yeah. Fuck you. Um. And then there is uh, Jacques, which I actually ran for Patreon backers, which uh, goes to, which was a lead that I kind of was thinking about this into you guys, but then I just made it a Patreon game, uh, which was the lead of the uh, uh, exploring that place in Neptune. That you guys, I mentioned in the Ultimates chapter that I, it was a, yeah, a loosely connected lead. So I, I actually specifically made more just to have a, a extra room for a one jump. Cause, so I like that, having being able to explore from multiple angles. Um, before, yeah, first you guys went into the exoplanet here. Uh, waking up, having the memories lost, recovering your memories, and then getting off planet. Um, any thoughts about that? In particular, I mean, there, of course, there, we could talk about the mirrored pillar since that's a big thing. Um, so um, yeah, at first, when I did the mirrored pillar, I did have this idea of doing a Call Cthulhu one shot that was taking place in there. And <laughs> what, okay, let him finish, Caleb. <laughs> I didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> he resisted. I, I backed off, uh, but I, I did have this whole alternate history. Uh, well, uh, uh, so in your uh, did you? So I had this whole cosmology that I've written a lot on in my notes, but I couldn't figure out exactly how to get it nice and like working and like to the point where I wanted. I was able to. I didn't feel like I worked on it, but then I it just never quite cohesed into a cosmology that I liked. So I kind of that's why. You went to it, you had the encounter in there, and then you left and that was it. Because I didn't want to... I, I just... It was a good idea, but I, it's something that... It's one of those ideas you have that you're just like, eh, it's not... It never gets quite there. Like, it just didn't feel as connected to the rest of what we were doing? Well, it just, it just didn't live up to my standards. Like, the what I wanted... I had grand ambitions for it, but I couldn't figure out how to get it to work, so I kind of... I don't know. So it just remains kind of the oddity in there that we... Uh, that we're not... I mean, it's part of the campaign, and I, I'm certainly working on other games, but, like, um, it's... Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't figure out how to get it quite... Like, I couldn't get... make I couldn't justify doing the Call of Cthulhu one-shot, so you're welcome, Caleb. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I... Listeners, I wish you could just see the look on Kayla's face when he said that. Yeah. Um, it was like, but, I mean, what do you... I mean, it was a little guy Richie. I mean, also, I did you. because of gate crashing. there is this idea... Like, I also wanted to approach the themes and concepts of each of these areas in a cold phase. And in gate crashing, it's very much the kind of Star Trek big idea science fiction stuff. Yeah. Like, and so that was my idea to put something like that in there. Like, here's a big idea. What if all of everything you do is a simulation? What if you're the fake one? And, like, that was the big idea behind the mirror pillars. The idea, like, what if we're the fake people? We're in a simulation, and that's the gateway to reality. Uh, and like, they're the ones who are real. So yeah, uh, basically, just kind of inferring that we're the holodeck ep- episode, so to speak. And yeah, yeah, you're the hol- You're literally the holodeck. You're just holograms that are, that are. So that would be the idea. That would be the horror in it. So like, so, and the idea is that you never, un- you never know what the truth of it is. Um, so I don't know, Tom. And- I was going to say, I just I love the idea of walking around modern-day London as a robot. <laughs> well, I specifically said it in the 80s, so that well, like, you wouldn't have, like, smartphones and shit like that, so... Um, although, I know, I, I I think we may have made a, a couple of jokes referring back to Bioshock Infinite, because that's around that time when it oh, came yeah. out. Oh, yeah, no, and, there's that, too. Because uh, we were saying, like, Return of the Jedi! I think it was a little later, but yeah. Um, um, but yeah, Caleb, any thoughts on me? <sighs> 
the mirrored pillar was not my favorite part of the campaign. <laughs> That's all you want to say. I, I, I don't want to be a jerk. It's okay. Just, I, I, you know, it was a good game. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed the game, but I, I thought it was a little Doctor Who-y. Okay. I was like... That's one of the reasons why I couldn't get it to work in the Eclipse phase yeah. aesthetic. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially I, when you're talking about the hard science one, because aspect of it uh, where it it goes nuts and you essentially have the dimensional version of the guardian of forever sitting there um well and also i mean i'm glad you did not do the call through the one shot but i got worried we were gonna do <laughs> these two things are great apart they'll be great smashed together and i'm just like i that's not my aesthetic <laughs> not how I roll. Yeah. Uh, so see, I have standards, Kale. Believe it or not, I I, ne- I, <laughs> see, I sound like an asshole, no, but I'm not like you're my friend, and I'm not gonna lie to you. So yeah, like, yeah. like when I write shit, and you're not a fan of it, yeah, yeah. you are not exactly the nicest guy <laughs> in the workshop. <laughs> All like, right, it's comments or reactions. Boy, do I get the reaction. <laughs> uh, you have no idea how many fist fights have occurred. And people. I don't want to be a dick, but yeah. at the same time. <laughs> When when it ended up being like life on Mars, yeah. and you know the yeah, and I was like, really, yeah, like, portal to the past, time travel. I was thinking of any explanation for it that wasn't like right. Uh, and then we stopped going there, and yeah. I was okay with it. But well, that was that, that was actually the whole thing was I wanted my goal, in which I think I failed because you didn't come across was that. When you go to it, you don't know if it is a portal or if it's an alternate reality or if it's a sin. You, or you're just disintegrated and put in a simulation, and then rebuilt from the ground up when you come back. Um, the, the idea, my goal was to make it to where, what the fuck is that? And you can never know. Yeah. So like, if I had done that, yeah. I would have like maybe emphasized more the psychosurgery that they had done for us as a matter yeah. of hedgerow. And then simul spaces and like wondering, I would have total recalled it maybe. Okay. All right, your your memory had done, done been fuckled with before, therefore it may be being fuckled with again, uh, and, and that kind of, like and maybe that would have established more. But like the the problem for me is that I was trying, I I trusted you as a narrator, and I'm like, yeah. okay, let's see where he's going with this, and I was trying to anticipate it, and I couldn't think of anything that wasn't like hokey time travel or akin to like the what's that Delta Green game that Detweiler played in or something and within the first five minutes like Agent Alphonse lands with a helicarrier oh that's something uh, that was a fan made thing yeah Yeah, like I couldn't think of any explanation that wasn't just like throw the book out the window tone wise and I think what you were going for would have been totally in tone wise, yeah. but I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, no, I, I should. I, I and then, it, and then it went away, and then when it went away, I somehow got more nervous. <laughs> you think I was going to do another tries to Tokyo? Well, no, that it occurred to me. Uh, it occurred to you too. <laughs> so I don't want to say that I'm completely off base. No, there. you're not. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I, and then I was like. As it went on, I, I got more and more trust. I was like, all right, we're just going to leave that behind or I'll yeah. pop up once at the end and I can work. But, like, 
as it went on longer, I'm like, is he going to say elsewhere's this? Like, <laughs> are we all in some autistic kid's dream? <laughs> I'm never going to flip the no. table. Like, no, and yet again, I'm like, Ross isn't an asshole, so he's not going to do that. But then my brain's like, well, what is he going to do then? Because <laughs> you're, well, you're psychic eight time traveled back to 1980s London. Yeah. What is he gonna do then? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, like, you've been burned. I mean, come on. You thought like maybe this you tried to. Talk and I had been burned once it's before. Like, hey, yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> that's the thing. I was not gonna be fooled again. <laughs> like, hey, maybe I was ready it. up until the last session for there to be dire loads of death where it's all Carcosa. <laughs> yeah, and I was just oh. waiting in the wings to come to scream. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Dive out the window. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think. Yeah, we were. I think we both talked about like, during Tribes of Tokyo. Like, yeah, I don't think he's gonna put any mythos stuff in your Oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, there was actually another idea that kind of came near the end once we learned what Lauren Crystal was yeah. or who he was. Um, yeah. And then we kind of revisited the pillars again. And in my mind, I almost thought that the pillar itself was maybe an, a, a, a Titan built version of a Pandora Gate, more advanced. Where it could, if we were just being sent off to another exoplanet, or maybe a series of them, and this one was kind of uh, where the Titans had become uh, had been a human creation, and then went alien because of their exposure to the exurgent virus. Mm-hmm. Um, they had gone the, the either one or maybe a group of them had done a one eighty, and suddenly decided, wait, we need to analyze this problem from another, another angle, and then started doing their own versions of on exoplanets of kind of like those Soviet uh, training town, U.S. training towns, where they were going like, well, maybe we can start infiltrating transhumanity again and seeing what the hell's going on. So, and which is why Crystal came about. But of course, God knows he was (laughs) completely and utterly insane Uh, uh, and only kind of barely able to uh, really keep it. So fun fact about Lauren Crystal. I forgot where I got the first name Lauren, but I know I named him last name Crystal. Uh, because of the pundit uh, William Crystal or Bill Crystal. Bill Crystal, uh, yeah. Bill Crystal, because uh, I hate his smarmy ass, and I <laughs> wanted you guys to be able to kill him over and over again. Uh, well, so, well, uh, well, God I'm, bless you, Ross. He's one did. of those middle-of-the-road, both-sides-have-good-points kind of right-wingy kind of uh, pundits. Yeah. Who just kind of he just, stalls he, him. He, he's like a, you know, a Friedman type kind of... Just, yeah, just terrible human being. He supported the Iraq War. That's all you really need to know about him. Uh, he was a cheerleader for it. Uh, and a terrible thing. Anyway, so... <laughs> we, um, we know who we got to kill for years. Yeah, for over and over again. Uh, so, yes, canically the idea is... Yeah, the whole genesis of the backstory was that, yeah, a Titan meets uh, another being similar to it. Uh, the Ectomi Intelligence, which is basically... Uh, the hive mind uh, ego merged of all the Ectomi aliens and they can't they get to a stalemate and somehow the Titan um, captures uh, the Ectomi into the mirrored pillar which and then uh, so it's trapped in there and what it's like it's, it could be a simple space server or something like that it doesn't really matter what it is it, all it is is it's a prison and the Titan wants to basically consume all of the Ectomi's intelligence knowledge and it can't do that on its own. First, it needs to weaken the Ectomi intelligence, and the best way to do that, it thinks, is to forcibly merge it with hundreds of thousands of human egos, which will, you know, brain fuckle it really good. Because um, I figure it seems that ego merging 
and that kind of thing seems to be central to the fall and what motivates the Titans and what motivates and what causes all these alien species throughout the universe to go extinct, uh, which the gate crashers keep finding the remnants of the alien civilization. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a reoccurring pattern. And then it will go and uh, forcibly merge egos with it. Sort of uh, yeah. kind of a variation of what the ex-humans were doing, only much more advanced, the the Goya machine. So that so that's I wanted to have reoccurring themes, you know, and motifs in the campaign, like I was trying to tell a story, uh, which was weird. So that was the canonical explanation of it. And I remember that's how you went to Alpha Plus and stopped it real good, killed that alien brain, uh, Titan brain. Um, so that explains the mirrored pillar. And uh, like all RPPR games, there will be homages and references in other games and all that other shit, like Lucille showing up and blah, 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 blah. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, we have to. Um, so that was the Exoplanetier. Uh, and then we started Rimward, which was, was of course, Ceres. Uh, and that you guys went to Ceres because of Preston. Mm-hmm. Um, so any thoughts about that? I mean, that was, a, that was one of the shortest ones. It was only two sessions. Uh, but because it's a fucking small planet, there's not much to do there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it was seemed to be a pretty. I like the underwater stuff. Yeah, it's a inter- good, inter- pretty cool environment to. <laughs> Although to apparently go. we got the pressure rules wrong, according to uh, one commenter on the thing. According to everyone, we got everything. You're <laughs> 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 uh, just it, that horrible. Yeah. So. Uh, aside from that, though, uh, do you got? I mean, anything to talk about in that? I mean, it seemed like a pretty straightforward. <laughs> Firewall adventure. Going Once again, I, it was great to see Preston again. Yeah. But I mean, do you think I did, did justice to Preston? I mean, do you think? I think so. Like he's, like I think he, uh, he has the per, you know, the persona of a hardened gangster, and really, it's a afterwards. I, mean, I guess when after he kind he's kind of like Mark Wahlberg from The Happening. No, that's not the way <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I liked it. I, I again, I would have. I mean, I think Donnie Brasco as an octopus <laughs> uh, would be a fucking great campaign for him. Because uh, you, know, you get yeah. five or six really good sessions out of that. Because they, they actually yeah. said like you could, like, to infiltrate it, they had, like an actual uplift, like octopus uplift. You can't just have a human mind put into their body because the uplifts can always tell. Oh no, I would love to do an all uplift game, like all of you. Uh, yeah, like that. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like when I was in that game, like I mean, how great would it be if it was all uplift game? Uh, and like so, because like yeah, you would have legitimate like themes there, like because like okay, Firewall needs to infiltrate these guys for the sake of all transhumanity, but Firewall is run largely by. Humans. Humans. Yeah. Uh, and they know that they need you, the uplift underclass, to do this. And so you're infiltrating this crime gang that is made up of people who are have gotten tired of the fucking oppression and now run a whole planet by themselves, top to bottom. And so, like, it would be very much double agent kind of shit. Like, do you sell out your own kind uh, in, in, you know, this sort of... Uncle Octopus sort of mm-hmm. mindset of like, well, it's better for them in the long run. Like this, Daddy knows best kind of shit. Or do you like? Yeah, so yeah, I would play that campaign too. Yeah, I would play that. Yeah, I would play that campaign. Like everyone's an octopus. So like, make your choice: be amongst your people, yeah, or betray them or find some middle ground or yeah square the circle well one thing you could also sort of reinforce this game mechanically was because like all the best morphs are human like all the best like in terms of ability so like you know there's there's just the octopus you know octopus get one morph like two if you count the, the robot one so like 
have a combat where it's, you're all in baseline octopus morph against a bunch of guys in fury morphs or reaper morphs and just like yeah we uh, like we have money give me better what we can't we don't have they, they, that technology doesn't exist we don't get the funding to, you know nobody wants to design the octopus up equivalent of a fury morph because that scares the shit out of them I, and yeah like and that'd be like a good subplot or you have like that'd be a great NPC bonding moment so like you have to take down some guy that firewalls okay with being a casualty, but he's in like some hyped up, jacked up combat morph. And the only way you do it with your octopus brothers is like you cooperate, you collective action, and then everyone shanks him with all eight arms simultaneously. And then they're like, yeah, eight high fives, yay, we did it. And then you realize, oh, I'm going to put this guy in cold storage by the time we're done. Like, I'm going to betray him, and his whole Octo family is going to go homeless, and I'm going to dismantle his <laughs> octopus empire, like, even though you've, like, cooperated and bested the odds and shown the man. Like, yeah, I, I think thematically that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, but I like the game because we were touching on that stuff, like, very lightly, and yeah. then we move on to something else. It was very much campaign sampler. So. Yeah. Uh, and then next up, of course, or Aaron, did you have any thoughts about it? Uh, no, that pretty much covers everything on that. Uh, overall, the setting still, I did like that because that uh, just uh, again not having done a lot of like specific uh, uplift, but also underwater uplift stuff too, which um, yeah. set a lot of different skill sets that we had not uh, touched on before too. And also the ri- the risk of I remember going through. Hey, do you have your pressure? You have pressure mods, right? Yes. <laughs> Are you sure? Because you're good at well, that. Well, I was using the, the rules in the book, and the book apparently got it wrong according to that one guy. <laughs> so, uh, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, next up, we have, of course, the Titanian Commonwealth, uh, which was a fun, fun session for Fuck multiple those guys. Whoa, weird. Like, those guys are like almost BFS with Firewall. That's like, you, you know, you have to play. You know. uh, what, what, come on, Todd, share well, What are you thinking? So Titan's a libertarian paradise, right? No, that's no, a that's socialist. No, that's I was the one with the... Uh, the no, that's extropia, yeah. Yeah, there was also... Oh, I totally forgot the spa. Like, they, that was part of duality, too. Because uh, that was oh, actually... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Going out yeah, the waste with the holder. The spa. <laughs> uh, were you in that one? Yeah, you oh, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I died. Yeah, uh, and Drew died. Yeah, we all died. We all died. You got. You were saved though. Remember? Was, because that was the whole point of. That was actually one of the things I wanted to do. Was was do. No, I got my ego out. Yeah, I died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, I got, I got my information out. That was taken into the waste by the holder for fifty thousand years. No, no, no. That was the holder that showed up in the Ultimates. I know. Yeah. You portrayed us there. Yeah. By intentionally getting fixed. The surgeon virus, yeah. which we then had to fight <laughs> when we went to the spa. So that was only that was your first of two deep betrayals that made campaign climaxes more difficult. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Um, so yeah, this is an idea I really like: is doing like the one shot prequel game that sort of sets the conditions <laughs> of what the main campaign will run into. Like, what happened before you go, which is actually what Glancy kind of was trying to do with the Iconoclasts. Yeah, no. Uh, and I like that idea in theory. <laughs> yeah. I would like it better if Tom stayed home. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I won't. Can we just shoot your, we'll uh, just wait until you're on vacation. Yeah. So just so. Me, we, we just met a game and completely alright, are we all here? Okay. The pact has been Made. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then Drew just running off. Just. <laughs> uh, yep, that's <laughs> uh, 
Not much needs to be said about the spa. The spa. Uh, uh, uh. Except, yeah, you, I mean, yeah, you, you, I mean, don't worry about it. Your character uh, from the spa will have all the therapy sessions paid for by the government because it's a socialist paradise. So, uh, you know, you'll get over your death, you know, in due time. Uh, but the Titanian Commonwealth, um, any thoughts on that? Uh, so, I can't remember exactly what that, we had to do. That was through uh, the Ultimates, right? No, that was the that was uh, the ultimates was extropia. Okay, sorry. Yeah, the, no, the ultimates were were on extropia, and then you went to the ultimates. and then we went to was that the, the sorry, was that the uh, was this that was the, you you the, was, the was, Kongs, that the, was that the adorable the, AI? Oh, Saint Catherine's Tongue. yeah, Saint Catherine's Tongue's okay. what was that the adorable AI? No, that was that was Jovan Republic. Okay. <laughs> Okay, in that case, I take back. Game my was a little bit. <laughs> it was. It, it was. Yeah. Uh, I, okay, I take back my fuck those guys. That's um, not who I even thought it was. The Titanian Commonwealth, uh, the highest session, including this, the heist of the safe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. The apartment. Highlights. Yeah. The apartment. Oh, so that's the one where I pretend to be Bohemian way back. Yes. <laughs> And, and just <laughs> side, and just went into the mouth of the beast, got a handshake, and walked off by day. Yeah. Whereas you guys had to do a basic B and E, and ended up activating the entire city. Okay. No, 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 no. See, no, I'm gonna say this right now. The I were, got I got up that uh, it's like up Aaron the Aaron got early. It was yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, it was definitely Aaron. You were I said like MVP of that crew. I looked up there and said, no, <laughs> this isn't gonna work. We figure out another lane. Everybody says, no, we're going on ahead. You uh, do that. So yeah, that was Aaron. David was with you, wasn't he? <laughs> yes. Yeah. David started. <laughs> David got in like at the very last minutes of the exoplanet. Yeah. When we were. Uh, leaving the Civil War kind of yeah. thing. He was he playing was, as Jovian Assassin, wasn't he? Uh, he was playing Firewall Agent. He was assigned with your group. I don't think he... Yeah, uh, he would... He came in late and he asked, what do you need? And I said, guns! Because <laughs> we needed guns. Yeah. We did. We and told David, you. if anyone's going to apply the yeah. command of guns... Yeah. Um, he was good for that. Um, the... Highlights for me, yeah. Uh, I liked running it as a straightforward investigation, uh, seeing how you guys act, doing traditional kind of tradecraft in a standard. That's kind of like the the standard operating environment of a, the eclipse phase. I mean, in terms of a gravity environment, because you have access to all the technology morphs, mm-hmm. uh, but you have an active. You have to worry about police finding you because you're still illegal uh, agents. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, uh, one of the inspirations was always the girl with the dragon tattoo. If you've seen that or read it, especially the the whole Scandinavian aesthetic, it's very nice on the surface, but there are some still dangerous people there. Um, so yeah, I thought you know pretty standard kind of investigation, pretty fun. Uh, and then of course we had the one shot of the shepherd, uh, which was sort of my one of my more conceptual. Uh, like the concept was, what if the players weren't really player characters, but the schmucks that the you know random red shirts that the <laughs> player character Halo person runs into. Um, so that was you two, Caleb. I don't think you were in that. I uh, was not. In yeah, um, shepherd was fun, and then also that was another thing. Kind of see how. That was going to tie in. Uh, so we were with, with the, Dan and yeah, Sheldon. Um, weird. It was with some other players. Yeah. I, I don't remember who else, but that was uh, that was actually another one of those prequels that was going to determine what would happen in the main game uh, because, like, you guys could stop the ex-human reinforcements for sure, which you did. <laughs> yeah, so by blowing up the station and everyone else. Uh, but the, see, we Tom did actively done. did not actively betray the group. I did not. Yeah. Because I wasn't there. <laughs> yes, I, I can only do my betraying when you're there. It seems to be so. <laughs> well, it's like Voshik never betrayed anyone. 
Uh, well, that was before You don't Caleb. portray the rest of the crew whenever so really, I'm running it. If so really, I'm yeah. I really only started... You really just try and screw me over. <laughs> I, gotta tell you, I, I realize I've only ever done betraying after you joined. Yeah, as a player. Um, fair enough. Well, Giant, vampire, samurai. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. That had no fucking need to exist. <laughs> Could have been totally and left see, out. And see, I was missing for that game when yeah. you guys created that one. So I came in there going, no, no, what the do not, fuck is that? do not lump me in with you guys. <laughs> do not pretend that that was in any way a group effort. I didn't say it that. Was him. That is an assumption on your part. That's what I was saying. I was missing for that. So when I came into there, I looked at it going, what the fuck is that thing? And you turned to me going, oh, let me tell you. Uh, let me, uh, yeah, let me tell you a tale. Um... <laughs> But that, that I think, um, my personal opinion, I think the Jovian Republic was the best chapter of the game. I don't know. There's also Jovian Republic, Stropia, Ultimates, and the finale. Um, Out of all the ones, which do you think is your favorite chapter? Um, oh, uh, yes. Yeah, honestly, it's probably going to be it's probably going to be a, a tie between Jovian and Extropia. Okay. Or just because uh, you're right, Jovian had some of the strongest storylines, especially that we had little bits to go with all, with. Uh, uh, bits for all of us to follow too, especially and yes, personal favorite. I got to see Augustine slash Cyrock again. So yeah. and uh, go down that path. Screw you. I'm always going to do no, that. That's fine. Um, but also, uh, but also, really, that a lot. It, it was really challenging because trying to do a lot of trade craft where we had little to no access. Well, uh, we had to be careful about what we did as normal agents because of the prejudices that are normally right. set on there. Um, and also, too, making sure that as all the different factions that even though we had so many people on our side, we kind of had to choose to be kingmakers in some instances because yeah. of, uh, do we raise up the poor okay, people? Okay, but you, or, you like extropia. Okay, yeah. Uh, and extropia almost was just more... Fucking uh, micro Because of micro-torts. Okay. That was just All right, Tom, so favorite hilarious. chapter for you. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, series. Okay. The Ultimates. Really? The Ultimates. Because it was the one time, like, uh, yes, okay, well, our characters have to lie, which is fine. Uh, that's straight crap. But that was one time. We have to pretend to be badasses. Okay. One and one thing, most of us were very clearly not. Okay. But we had to. We, I mean, we had, like our lives depended on us selling. We are. We are ultimates. We are transhuman killing machines. That was your favorite chapter. Okay. It was well, just the, the shit we had to do because I'm like, because you know, I'm a, I'm acting like you know, like I don't speak. Yeah. You know, oh I, yeah. I, I never. I never talk. Interesting challenge. Where on the inside, I'm going, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. I've got one fucking slip up over a fucking death. Right. I can't fight it's, So it was more memorable. Wait, yeah, wait. yeah, and just okay. Dave and I don't... I think David would probably say that for the, uh, tea, party. the tea party. We'll, we'll get into that. Tea party, yes. That'll be next, but uh, Caleb? Uh, for me, it was definitely the Jovian chapter. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I wanted that last session to be the whole campaign. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the cow bats were really good. Yeah. The uh, interplay of the factions and what they were actually doing was really intriguing. It was a good, mim- mm, you know, so it was a good mystery. It required a lot of tradecraft and really action-packed combat, like say in the factory or when we raided the ex-human base. Uh, you know, manipulating stuff. Got to see Bartleby again. Um, I liked Lou just because. Yeah. You know, I feel like he's got a better ethos than Aspen ever did. Um, so yes, I was definitely the Jovian chapter. So, uh, so I mean, for me, like one of the things is I was looking forward to the, doing the Jovian chapter probably since the beginning of the campaign. <laughs> I also, no. yeah, I also <laughs> felt like you were more excited to do it, yeah. which is why I was surprised when we kind of 
like rushed through the coup at the end. Yeah. Because I'm like, you've been looking forward to the Jovian thing like since the book came out, <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, I always, ex- I always expected that to take a little longer. But I, I, yeah, I thought you were more excited about running that part of the game yeah. than anything else, and I enjoyed it. And yeah, well, I mean, yeah, the actual coup, I was more interested in seeing what you decided rather than the actual mechanics of getting it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that doing it, breaking down the mechanics, yeah, that would be a full campaign. I j- it just, I wanted to make sure, I, I wanted to make sure duality would be finished I thought if I, I broke it down we would just get stuck into it and never get it uh, so, yeah um, so yeah so I have pitched the people at Eclipse Face posting the studios Jovian Republic supplements and adventures and like one of them was literally like ex-humans infiltrated the Jovian Republic they're up to no good uh, start making they, trouble in the neighborhood yeah they're making trouble in the neighborhood um, so the so that was and of course obviously I am biased towards Bartleby I want to figure out what happens to him uh, but I think the German Republic is a very interesting setting because one thing it is the closest one you can I think it's actually one of the easier ones to run as a game master because you don't have to worry about as much of the wild tactics it's way more cyberpunk than yeah. it is yeah. transient it is very cyberpunk so it's more of a transitional thing so I think it's it's great to, and it's you know dystopian fascist stuff is easy for game masters you know throwing checkpoints and jackbooted thugs neo jack booted thugs uh but yeah yeah, yeah and, and i like the fact that like who does firewall need yeah. to go in with this crew of people like from the streets triad kid like yeah. he's he was poor enough that he didn't have all the technology so he knows how to do yeah shit low tech and ruthless in a dystopian governmental regime and uh, yeah i thought the themes were interesting and yeah because yeah i mean it, if nothing else we did we did we accomplished nothing in that campaign save entirely justifying the entire Jovian idea. <laughs> like our characters so justified the existence of the Jovian problem by by exposing the ex-humans, which are the antithesis of the Jovian idea and everything they stand against, and by exposing them and showing what horrific things they were getting ready to do. And then through our own actions in doing that, like, we totally justified the entire existence of the Jovian security state, which I thought, like, sort of humanized them and didn't make them, you know, space North Korea, even though that's how they're written in the book. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Actually, I think the thing is, my interpretation of how it's written in the book is that that is the ideology, but it's a very human, it's the most human and most nuanced, most complex of all the governments because, of like, they specifically point out that, like, there are different factions and there are people, there's corruption and there's different yeah. sides. It's yeah. not, like, the fucking ultimates are the ones I have the hardest time with because, it's like, we are all, we are pure, we are ultimate, we are pure. <laughs> there's, there's yeah, it's yeah. it's very one dimensional, but yeah, yeah. No, and you're right, the jo- that's honestly what made it more compelling playing in the Jovian jo- Republican anything else because uh, I'll admit going into it I was dreading it just ever so slightly because uh, I do love the fantastical elements of trans humanity sure. uh, even though yes set it in hard science but still all the, the cooler ideas of yeah, that. No, but, and especially yeah I my character alone I fell immediately in love with AGI's and the whole synth uh, sure. side of it as well, which uh, I do have a question for you afterwards, though. But no, it, it did create, it create better storylines or more nuanced ones, and especially talking about, yeah, just doing something of pure cyberpunk, um, it made me very invested in there, especially with, uh, well, at the end, too, with the people that we knew we could, if we 
uh, the people that we got to know, most of those people weren't normal transhumans. If they died, they died. There was no bringing yep. them back at all, which raised the stakes so far up for it. Like having said, having said yes. that, as I have my middle finger raised to Caleb right now. <laughs> let's, let's go into that. No, we, this is the... Uh, Sympathy monster. So for those of you who didn't listen to that particular episode, uh, I deliberately set a sympathy monster for Aaron, a sympathy trap. Because uh, I just saw the trailer for Chappie, and I was like... <laughs> Let's see what happens when Aaron... There's a Chappie that Aaron needs to rescue. I go and hugged it. Yeah, you did. And no, killed. You, how do you even express the concept that way? All right. This is not fucking Augustine. There was no ambiguity. He was like, you are going to permanently kill otherwise innocent people in order to free this AGI. And you're like, yep, button. Where's the button? Let me press it. No. Actually, there is... There there was a little more thought put into that as well. One, um, I had already established, even though Cyrock in hiding, this yeah. was all still a Cyrock. And no, it, it wasn't. Chappy, the, the robot was not a Cyrock. No, I'm talking about Simon. Oh, so, okay. So no, Your I'm, character. No, yeah, no, I'm also talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about the other robot, which oh, I can't. I wish I could remember his name. Um, but in any case, which robot? The one you rescued? Yes, the one I rescued. Sympathy so that Yeah, <laughs> just sympathy box. Just call him Chappie. Yeah, just Chappie. Um, but no, in this case, I had looked at Chappie as uh, my character was looking at Chappie as another uh, a uh, excuse me a uh, lost brother, one who had really tried to stay alive, was not doing any harm, right. was just in a bad situation, and sure. had he been discovered. He was completely dead. Right, which um, was going to happen. Which was when you find out about it. True, and yes, uh, and also talking about in the situation of yes, knowing that most of the Jovians, if you kill them, they have no stack backups. Yeah. They're not going. They're not going to come out. He had no connection to those other police, and he pretty much made a justification. It probably was a poor justification. Probably, probably, but. Uh, you realize it's literally the reverse of the trolley ethic problem, <laughs> yeah. where the trolley's going to kill five oh. people, but it won't be your fault, but you pull the lever to kill one person, but you have to accept personal responsibility. The trolley was going to kill one person, and it wasn't going to be your fault. You pulled the lever and killed dozens of people. You yeah. mowed through a heavily populated area to save that one guy. Knowingly. Yeah, yeah. you, you let loose that one thing into the police station. Uh, yeah, I think it's silence or whisper. Yeah. Whisper. This yeah. is the assassin. So. Uh, and, 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 pretty much, and it wasn't, it's, it's not like, like oh, his code name is Hugs. Yeah. <laughs> code name Hugs. Honestly, I'd be scared of that. But I also, yeah, I'm probably guy. more terrified yeah. of hugs. Yeah. What kind of like, rep does he have? But to the defense of the actions, that is something I, a decision I made as a character. Sure. Not just yeah, as... It was a role-playing decision. It was a role-playing decision, and I, I feel that at least in other games I've gone against that. But this is one time, yeah, you completely read me like a book oh, yeah, and, no. and dropped this in, and I no. went, oh. Yeah. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to talk you're to you. Like you're to... essentially a Robert Burble in front of me, and I'm going to do everything I yeah. can to save you. I, I, little I, yeah, little would... cyborg koala. Yeah, I would I would love to uh, ask the kids and one of those dead police officers, like, well, it's okay. Your your dad died to save a cute robot. <laughs> yeah, a soulless robot. And, and <laughs> not necessarily. Well, soulless. to the Jovians. Yeah, to the Jovians. You didn't help AGI, the 
views of AGI in the uh, eyes of the Jovian <laughs> people. Yeah. Not my job in this mission. <laughs> yeah, no. That's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll go for social uh, progressivism the next time. So, uh, yeah, no, the Jovian Republic I really liked. Uh, and yeah, I probably, uh, yeah, I just wanted to see how you guys would. Oh, decide. by the way, okay, now that we're on them, yeah. fuck those guys. The Jovians? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just well, fuck it. We, they are right, by the way, in terms of like, yeah, they, look, they at what, look at what mess you guys made. To, yeah, but so. they, they go they go against everything my character was for. Well, sure. And I slept just fine after yeah. that. <laughs> um, oh, anyway. before we do go forward, uh, I was going to make another mention, because now that I've remembered it, uh, going over Erasure Squad. Um, beforehand, I'd only read just a little bit of about Nine Lives, but going in there and seeing these stacks upon, st- uh, well, piles of... Uh, Erasure Squad was... Uh, doing uh, that's actually- Devotees. Devotees. Oh, D.O.T., sorry. D.O.T. Erasure Squad was Not the uh, ex-humans who were using the Goya machine to forcibly ego merge with people eating yeah, okay, yeah. That's what I was... Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, I like I had... Uh, that was another sort of like meta game commentary where like the players run into player characters who had survived another survival horror game basically right at the beginning and you guys are like oh no lock them up we're not going to touch them they might be bad uh, we'll let the other people deal with them uh, we saved them eventually you did save yeah, them eventually, eventually but so. I like that you're like no yeah we're not even going to risk that um <laughs> uh, so well, we were an erasure squad. I they didn't call us for the nuance. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I I like I found that interesting. And one of the well, I like running games to see how you guys, you know, what kind of choices you make. Uh, some are easier to predict than others, <laughs> but it's very amusing to me because uh, someday you might change. You might do something different. Uh, <laughs> Not yet, but no, maybe. But maybe <laughs> theoretically, theoretically, anything could happen. Anything. Could happen. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Speaking of that, Extropia, uh, Libertarian Paradise. Uh, Microtorts. Microtorts. I feel like that's going to dominate the discussion there. Um, Because, yeah, when you read it, like, it's hard for me to. Some societies are easier for me to understand than others or to run. And, like, Joe Republic is very, like, easy for me to understand because there's countries that are like that here, you know, like North Korea. Uh, at certain parts of Texas, uh, but like, um, there. Sorry, Texas listeners, uh, but you probably not the part that you're living in. The, not, those not other Austin. parts, not Austin. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but in yeah, with the microtorts and it's a, it's a society that can't exist in the real world because you would need muses and AIs running microtorts and doing all these things at the speed of light. Like, I don't see how that society could function anything less. Than an a eclipse, post scarcity, yeah, post scarcity, well, yeah, an eclipse phase level technology. But uh, yeah, it, I just it is amusing oh, and also frightening just the level of pettiness that exists with all with the system of microtorts. Just bumping into somebody, looking at somebody for too long, uh, coughing in public. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that was more some my take on it. I mean, the book doesn't explicitly say that. I mean, that, I mean, it describes microtorts. I think I would. I mean, part of it was also thematic because you guys had just done the heavy, you know, Jovian Republic stuff. Except I wanted something a little lighter, more, you know, more on the Futurama side. Yeah, I was about to say Dead yeah, Space it, side. It, it yeah. kind of takes it uh, to that Gilliam, that Terry Gilliam level of yeah. absurdity. Uh, well, and once again, now we can't go back. <laughs> usually, that's usually <laughs> Those characters the case. Can't go back. Uh, it's usually the case. Usually, if we go somewhere, well, we're not going to be allowed back here. Um, so, I mean, any thoughts about it, uh, Caleb? Do you think I justified Augustine in that? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have any problems with that. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I thought the campaign definitely improved as it went along. Yeah. So, I think because I was getting more of a handle, like, what I wanted to put in, what I didn't. So. Yeah. 
Um, no, I think, and yeah, I did love the idea of that trap that was kind of there to draw out Augustine, and and overall, it ended up just kind of being a, a false flag for Crystal to work around. So, well, yeah, I um, mean, in terms of main plot, the main thing was him. Well, him becoming more. I was trying to foreshadow that he was destabilizing, getting crazier and crazier, because uh, he's not, you know, Titan technology does not fit in transhuman egos that well, um, and. The other thing was that he was making a deal with the Ultimates for all their egos, uh, so that he could use them for his big scheme, uh, and you guys could then leap for all... And also, Extropia had to put in Extropia. So, uh, I mean, you said this is your favorite part of the campaign, right? The Ultimates, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, no, the Ultimates, sorry, that's mm-hmm. natural. Um... Yeah, but no, that was you. Yeah, it was you. Yeah, no, I was yeah. just the overall setting too, because yeah, like I said, getting to interact with Augustine again too. Uh, but then the entire build up towards the uh, it's like towards leapfrogging onto the station and kind of yeah. resolving the full on end of the mystery. So yeah, again, it was um, pretty a standard kind of firewall type investigation uh, part investigation researching part. Oh my god, they're shooting at us! Oh god, oh god, run, run! Uh, and yes, by you know, snowballing out of control. Um, I I think my I think my favorite part of that is the comment on the plays of thing that got posted. Yeah. Uh, right after that, I think I was like whining about how oh, missed the days of action for the RPR, <laughs> and then like somebody commented right after that like. The game before this ended as they crashed a spaceship <laughs> into a robot god that was shooting lasers and bullets at them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, right. That, that, but the favorite part of that comment section was just the uh, two or three people jumping on that guy immediately. So. I just, I just thought it was really funny. He's like, really? Uh, <laughs> not that subtle. So yeah, uh, speaking of subtlety, uh, the ultimates. Uh, now castle. the thing is about the ultimates. Um, like I said, they're the ones I least like in the game. Not because you know I understand they need to be antagonists. It's just I. They seem Mary Sue-ish, uh, Sue-ish mm-hmm. to me because they uh, they make a point in the canon that they are explicitly infiltration proof. Uh, nobody's been able to get into their uh, inner circle. Firewall hasn't been able to get into anyone, which like seems like a stretch that no one can infiltrate them. Uh, and two, that they're all so pure and that's only shades of... I don't know. It, it just seems the least interesting group. Uh, and they're so powerful and so badass. Um, so that's, and that's, and, but I could understand doing a more nuanced take on it, but like that would definitely be a campaign. I couldn't see a way of doing it in a serious take in a couple of sessions. Also, there was campaign fatigue. I want to get the campaign fucking done. Uh, so. <laughs> like well, the one thing that they described that's sort of interesting in the rim is like, hey, they have a three day orgy every year, uh, party and orgy. Like, all right, done. That's where you guys are showing up because uh, that's the best time to infiltrate them when they're all partying and there's thousands of new ones in there. Um, so that, uh, and then of course, uh, deadly tea party was uh, that was kind of. I had yeah, I, I didn't, that was kind of improvised. That was that was not entirely planned. I didn't anticipate David calling out protocol because I forgot that skill existed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. I just want to, to me it was the trying to blend in with that group when they are pretty much totally not what we are. Yeah, 
Uh, that's always fish out of water kind of thing. Um, and yeah, Caleb, any thoughts? And then of course the second part. Yeah, the thing is also about the end. I also made an extra light because I knew at the end, like the whole idea was. I also had the idea of an adventure where it's just the adventure is a setup. Like you think you're doing this, but it really turns into this. And like the, my my fear of that was like you know pulling that bait and switch thing. One, obviously you can only do that once per campaign, but two, even if you do that, everyone's going to get fucking pissed that it's like yeah. And so. I don't know. Uh, how do you feel? Are you about the capture? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah well, the whole it's, adventure it's, was. It's one of those dangerous things to do, and that you know, like, you know, because you know, like, especially if you know the players don't know, like they're going to do everything in their power to not be caught, right? And if it comes down to well, there's no way to avoid it, then yeah, there, there's a whole lot of like. Well, that's fucking bullshit. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah pull, anytime you have to pull fiat, you just need to figure out a way to reward for that too. So, right. or at least compensate. Right. At the very least. Um, but well, no, in I, this case, how do you feel about that? Like the whole setup? Um, honestly, it felt uh, it felt fine. So it didn't ever it never really felt forced in my opinion. So I felt it was a little railroady. I very much enjoyed the setting after like, yeah. the the thing afterwards. I, yeah. I like that much. But yeah, like when, I didn't feel like there was much foreshadowing. Yeah. And I felt like... Well, if there's foreshadowing, you would be able... The whole point was that, like, it's a setup from the very beginning. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I admit it's very hard to do yeah. foreshadowing-wise, but, like, you, you know, you would have interpretation signs, things like that. Yeah. Or, or, like, someone in firewalls inside, or I didn't think, like, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I put in a lot of work to go break into that building carefully and then... But you did get additional information. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. So, and then all the cops were there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, but I very much enjoyed the yeah the second uh, part, the alpha, alpha, so. hedro second part, yeah, kind of part. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, let's talk about that because that was like set on their secret research station, and the prison got unlocked because the Titan is beginning to get out of control. And I thought uh, that was an excellent use for that plot point. Yeah, that's you know so often referred to in the book as the Ultimates are grabbing egos and we don't know what they're doing with them. Yeah. And yeah, so I thought that was good. Okay, uh, any thoughts on that part? No, I, no, I agree. I, I like I like the setting of a prison. Okay, especially you know, like, you know, what would a prison be like in Eclipse phase? <laughs> An ultimate roulette prison. Yeah, that's been that's been taken over by a Titan fork, <laughs> uh, which is yeah. It's so, and, and and it's it's yeah, it's like the Shawshank Redemption Eclipse phase. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. And finally, and also get kind of the encounter with the last alien presence too on there yeah. within the uh, the ectomimorph. Yes. So and oh, sorry, find, the prison of flesh. You got to find yes. Uh, you got to find out what happened to your uh, character from the spa. So he <laughs> uh, got blown up at the end, uh, like everyone else. Uh, but yeah. Um, and so finally, we go into the finale. Um, and yeah, again, uh, that was going back to sort of the gate crashing big idea kind of thing. You know, let's have some big old just sci fi adventure. Um, the colony ship next to the Alpha, Alpha Plus is so fucking far out in the game. Like, I wanted that I, I invented the colony ship just so you guys would have something you could jump into and also have a yeah. justification for whatever gear you wanted because it was that kind of adventure. Have whatever you want, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> it, it don't matter. Um, so, uh, that's, that's always you realize that's always a red flag for us. Now. I know, <laughs> and it should be, uh, because <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, so. I don't know, any thoughts on the colony ship? Or, I mean, we could talk, of course, about the, the finale finale, the, the last session. Uh, I already explained the basic plot about what happened, and then there was the trap that, uh, that uh, the puzzle that Tom kind of 
didn't go that I designed Tom's character for. Uh, <laughs> Tom was like, nope, let's go back through the mirror door. Curse your inevitable betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that was my goal from the very beginning, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> I don't know, man. There's a monstery thing. You're gonna go touch it. Yeah. Even if it has a big side on it, it says, we'll kill Caleb's character. <laughs> You're gonna rub your face on it every fucking time. Hey, it didn't have that. I didn't see that sign. <laughs> I will make you listen to the recording where he's like, cage of flesh, almost brain shaped. Yeah. Wish there was a morph designer here. Yeah. Wait, where'd you go? Whoop. <laughs> Um, yeah, but any thoughts about that? Uh, or about, I mean, obviously, decision-making, uh, non-understanding. Uh, I honestly, I I would need to listen to it again to, to get the fully of what okay. I did, but... Um, apparently, he's, he remembers it in perfect clarity, because it apparently, I guess, killed him. No, no, you, you guys made it through. You survived. You stopped the threat. Um, and you managed to retire your characters. Um, and... So and then you had all your epilogues, which I uh, a little you, you're left in a little better circumstances than the no evil characters, but that's because you know. So we uh, yeah we weren't at least yeah. Uh, so any thoughts about that either? Uh, um. So that not as much so because this it. I, I, I hate to say a lot of my memories have faded too just because sure. it, this it has, I, I wanted to record this months ago right after <laughs> um, we did it but true, real but life got in the way yeah so and we had uh, I, 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 overall I think it was just an, a good even overall plot line in a good game so yeah. um, uh, I mean yeah again this was this was a game that I ran because of structural reasons like I wanted to explore the, this a lot of different topics in Eclipse Phase and run different types of games you yeah. know uh, and I think I set out to that I mean there and were mistakes yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean there were mistakes uh, like it was two episode two episode. I mean there's like character in our it's not two episodes it's yeah. just like I, I didn't know that's where my taste lies and yeah. now I do I mean yeah, so you learn about yourself. Yeah, and I didn't hate the game at all. I don't hate the system. I, I yeah. enjoy it. This isn't like Jason and Tribes of Tokyo. And, <laughs> and I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I enjoy no, no, many I enjoy. parts of it, but yeah. Uh, and I and I learned some things too. I mean, like in terms of like uh, trying different elements out. Like the, the mirrored pillar was like kind of testing the waters. I'm like, eh, it didn't really work, so I pulled it back. Um, and then. Learning that a science team were like these kind of thematic concepts and uh, those could work all on their own, just like gimmick teams where everybody's the same type of character, you know, very similar types of characters could be very interesting. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to take from this, but uh, yeah, any any final thoughts before we go into uh, shout outs, anecdotes? Yeah. So, fun times. I think we fun can time. close the book on this one. So. Yes. Uh, all right, so uh, when we go back, we will do a shout outs and anecdotes. Listen to I'm sure some vaporwave music that I'll put in there because I know you're such a huge, huge fan of vaporwave. Uh, vaporwave. <laughs> All right. So shout outs. Uh, first off, uh, the Annihilation Score by uh, Charles Stross. This is the uh, newest book in the laundry series of novels. Uh, this one follows Dominique O'Brien, uh, Bob's wife. Uh, from the previous book, she was first introduced in the first book, *The Atrocity Archives*. Uh, she is, but this is the first one from her point of view, 
and uh, she basically is noted as a, a combat violinist. Uh, she has a violin that was created by Eric Zahn, uh, made from human bone, uh, extracted from living donors. Uh, well, donors at the time, they were they didn't live much longer after that. Uh, and basically, it's demonically possessed and can kill. You know, you can use it to create sorcery. Uh, it's a very powerful weapon. The devil really went down to Georgia. This is a Lovecraftian There's... universe. Remember, Lovecraftian uh, magic is a form of mathematics. Um, and music is very mathematical. But anyways, uh, this novel is a very marked change of pace from the other novels. Obviously, change of narrator. Uh, and I liked it. I think... I mean, I think my the least favorite out of the books, I still think, is the Jennifer Moore, uh, the James Bond one. Um, this one I would put about equal to the Rhesus chart, because the previous one, because they're both very bureaucratic and managerial. Both characters are moving up in the bureaucracy of the laundry, and they're uh, dealing with being managers and managing people and committees and stuff like that. And so the novels cover a lot of that. And... Um, so there's a great focus on that. They, they do have this whole thing where basically Case Nightmare Green is coming true and uh, normal people, magic is getting easier and so normal people are developing superpowers from that. They're basically becoming intuitive sorcerers without realizing it and then rationalize as, oh, I have superpowers now. Uh, and she's put on a task force to stop them. Uh, but after the events of the last novel, she's been separated from her husband uh, because of stress. Her violin is trying to possess her. Uh, kill him. And kill him. Um, uh, and there's a whole... And, of course, I liked it because there is... It turns out that the violin has a connection to the King in Yellow, uh, which has a opera score. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, there, the antagonist, I felt, was really weak because... Uh, well, I don't want to spoil it, but it's been done before in the series, and I feel like... It's just treading old ground. Well, in, in some cases, yeah. Uh, also, the horror aspect of it is great. There are some really very creepy dream. Like she gets basically dream. Uh, she has the, the basically trying. The, the violin is trying to drive her mad, so it can take her over and force her to do it once. And so it goes through these really, really ter- horrific dreams. Um, but aside from that, there's not much in the way of horror in the novel. Uh, and the comedic elements are there. Uh, and it's also about a woman who's basically having a nervous breakdown. She has PTSD from, you know, killing people with a magic violin for eight years and dealing with fighting monsters uh, and dealing with terrible things. Uh, her marriage is falling apart. Uh, and uh, so I find that interesting uh, from her point of view. But, uh, yeah, so about average for a laundry novel. Um, not the best, certainly not the worst. Uh, that's More so like much. a talk out. Yeah. Uh, moderate voice out. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I liked it. I just wish the antagonist was more interesting and uh, there was more horror in it. I feel, especially with the Reese's chart, there's not been as much horror yeah. in it. So, um, kind of lightning. I mean, the Apocalypse Codex was f- super horrific. Oh, uh, yeah. And the, so is the Fuller Memorandum, but the Reese's chart and this one are not, not so much. So, uh, this first one, um, let's see here. Uh, Caleb, you had a board game that you uh yeah so i finally got um concept so it's a it was won a ton of awards in 2014 um pretty unique board game in that it's not quite charades but you have a board that is literally just 
conceptual pictures that um, you have a cheat sheet, which is very nice in the board game uh, that tells you roughly the things that can run. But after a while, you sort of get the gist of what the pictures mean. And then you have to express uh, simple to very very, uh, very complex concepts uh, <laughs> through putting these little figurines on the pictures that you're trying to do. And, like, the color of the figurines matters because that, that makes these concept strings or talks about opposites. or And then the order you place them in matters. And I just think it's a really interesting game design. We had a lot of fun playing it. Oh, yeah, we yeah. did. We did. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it, and kind of going with the whole issue of the, the concepts being simple to very complex, um, I like that uh, just kind of as an example, uh, the first card that Michelle and I got since we were on the same team. Simplest one I think uh, they had was like crying a river or something. Uh, just something water-based. But they go into the lower, the uh, higher concepts and I swear to God it actually had Depeche Mode's Enjoy the Silence. And I'm sitting here going, how the fuck do yeah, we do would. that? So especially like if you don't even listen to their music or if you don't know a certain thing about yeah, if you don't know that pop song. culture reference. Yeah. yeah. Oh, come on. It's Depeche Mode. <laughs> All right. Monarch so. said that in the uh, yard sale episode of Venture Thank you, Tom. Yeah, well, see, Tom would have gotten it. Uh, anyways. Um, so, uh, speaking of that, Tom, you saw a movie, did you? Yeah. yeah uh, this uh, movie, uh, I think it was from 2011. It was a little later, I think, wasn't it? Uh, it was a, it was a, a couple well, years. Uh, like, well, I know uh, Roger Ebert reviewed it when he was still alive. Oh, okay. Well, then. Yeah. So, uh, Margin Call, yes. which was uh, a movie basically kind of about the... Uh, to uh, the you know 40, 24 to 48 hours leading up to the 2008 Finish. financial crisis then like the immediate aftermath from like this one company that they totally what did like be a model of Lehman Brothers yeah, yeah I think yeah the, uh, the 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 CEO of a company was named told in the movie and fold was the name of the CEO in real life but it's uh like it's the kind of movie like it's what a uh, Wall Street money never sleeps tried to do yeah and it, it's it, this one is just more just showing these you know people that their corporation is every, their world to them it's everything and it's realizing well it's all gonna go <clears throat> well we best dump everything yeah it just had a matter of fact like they're talking about like just screwing over all their customers and they're just saying it's like we just have to do this fair enough alright and uh, Caleb's seen it too and, yeah yeah it's it is very bleak. Okay, uh, did you see it on Netflix? Uh, no, I uh, I rented it. Okay, uh, well uh, keep an eye out for that. I'm sure it's out there. Uh, Aaron, you had another thing that's also bleak. Uh, <laughs> you wanted to mention. So uh, well, if we're going with uh, uh, so with uh, for uh, talking about last week tonight. So yes, or, yeah. Um, we have mentioned the show uh, in our chat. It's brilliant. Before. It is. Brilliant. Uh, it's brilliant for uh, John Oliver. His kind of new slash expose slash comedy show. Uh, but this one ended up piss. This last subject ended up pissing me off more than most, just because. Uh, one, I'm not a fan of televangelists at all. Usually, but I would never guess that from you, Aaron. Yeah, but also <clears throat> this was pissing me off even further because. If most of you know, or if you've seen their scams, they'll basically say anything to get money in the pockets and will usually do it at the detriment of the ignorant, the poor, the needy, uh, or the very sick. But he actually took out, uh, was John Oliver was talking about some people who were being a little more blatant, and I don't remember what his name was. The clip's on YouTube, you can watch it, but 
this particular uh, preacher was saying that God needed to give him a jet. Creflo a dollar, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tie the finest. Yeah, tie the dollar for your seed. (laughs) (laughs) Tie your dollar for a seed. I just, I just love that dollar is in his name. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and so what John Oliver did, just to kind of prove the point of how much money these these uh, parasites suck in on a regular basis, is that he actually, for the last seven months, uh, he and his research staff started giving money and seeing how much they kept sending them up saying, all right, you need to send us more money in order to basically right. be more blessed. And I think it ended up, for that seven months, he had given... In turn of like over three to four hundred dollars, right? And then had eventually received a check that was made out by him back to the church, uh, which was yeah. just it's, it's a great segment. So it's, fucking it's ridiculous. A, it's on um, YouTube, you but I will it. say, then in retaliation, though, he has set up his own church, uh, seeing as that there's no legal bar for him to do that. Uh, so I would all tell ask you to check out the Our Lady of Eternal Exemption that right. has been set up for it. And if you decide to donate anything to them, which is only by mail, it will eventually go to Doctors Without Borders. So at least you know it's going to do something. Uh, yeah, and so the whole episode for that is available on YouTube now. Uh, uh, yeah, that particular segment, so that's available. Uh, so that's very good. Um, and then finally, of course, speaking of also uh, other uh, horrific things, uh, <laughs> Sonic Dream Collection, uh, which is oh, a yes. leaked uh, series of Dreamcast games, uh, totally legitimate, uh, that Sega for some reason didn't released to the Dreamcast. Aaron, why do you have your uh, yeah, face palm? I'm like, I want to make sure my eyes aren't uh, bleeding. So there's four games. Uh, make Your Own Sonic, uh, Eggman Origin, which is an MMO. Uh, let's see, Sonic Movie Maker. Uh, and what was the last one? Um, that should be called... Oh, uh, Sonic Roommate. Sonic Roommate. Sonic Roommate, yeah. which still is horrifying, but uh, I think it's not nearly as bad as Sonic Snuff Maker. Oh, did I say Snuff Maker? I meant it was, Movie Maker. It was Movie Maker, and there wasn't any snuff involved. There was just... Really? Yeah, no, no. Uh, I didn't see any. It was just it was a beautiful act of creation. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it was a back creation. Uh, so there's, uh, you can download it yourself, or you can uh, just don't, 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 don't get on the watch. Watch it. There's a polygon has privately, not at work. Polygon has. Why would you do this at Let's work? Go. Wow. Well, some people have boring jobs. Right? <laughs> I know, but we figure out a ways around it. Um, and uh, finally, a movie we all saw, um, uh, Exile, formerly called The Sunderland Experiment. This is something we talked about last year because uh, Kenneth Hype recommended it. Uh, it's finally out on DVD, so I picked it up at Gen Con, and we finally got around to watching it. So uh, that's even more horrific than Sonic Dream Collection, believe it or not. It is true. It is fucking just uh, nightmares. Balls to the wall. Uh, it is crazy. Uh, so Really well done. Very well done. Very uh, low budget. Yeah. They know how to use a low budget. Uh, and they know how to write. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not low budget writing. No. Yeah. Uh, they had great use of exposition. Very sort of indirect and within the action. No like, here is ten minutes of exposition to explain our character situation. Blah, 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 blah. It's all shown. Not, it's all shown. Not yeah, that, that initial little voiceover monologue. Yeah. I, I would go ahead and say... Not knowing that that probably wasn't even there during the original screening, I bet that's something the yeah. distributor had them add in. Yeah, they have even a- that seemed kind of out of place and unnecessary by the end of the film, considering. It's, you, it's a movie you have to pay attention to. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. It's also a movie you. It's good if you have some background in cosmic horror to understand some of the. Uh, 
implications of what's going on? Yeah, because I would say without at least that background, it, it might seem slightly random and out of place. Yeah, uh, it is I, working. yeah. Well, to me, it's kind of like the intro to Dark City, right? Where they added that monologue. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so much better without. Uh, it. Yeah, they do keep in mind that the the ads for the that play at the beginning of this DVD are way like it gives you a worse. Terrible impression of the people. Oh yeah, we we were both we, we were all oh, very concerned. Yeah, because the, the uh, low budget very, horror, very and... generic looking horror, uh, very slashery kind of bad horror. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a very intense movie. Not something you want to watch. And they account for that budget. They account the effects are pretty damn impressive. Yeah, because I, I can attest that after we watched this, my first words were, uh, "Can we watch Rift Tracks now? I'm done with this." So. Uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely uh, uh, there is some pretty dark kind. Of sexual violence in it, I will say uh, that. So if you, if you, if it, I would say this is a trigger warning right right now. So, Uh, um. so. Uh, yeah. It's definitely if you if you say that and you like that kind of horror, uh, yeah, definitely watch it. I think the, and they did the CGI pretty well. I think for with their budget, they used <laughs> it like I think they could have used even less. Uh, but I think probably they added some CGI at the the insistence of the distributor. My guess is mm-hmm. uh, I'm totally yeah. spec- Stone Cold was a good. Uh, palate cleanser after that. I, I just want to say, and this is not a spoiler, but whenever I saw The Angel, yeah. I was reminded of the horse in Assassin's Creed <laughs> or uh, the horse in The Witcher or something where you just like turn and it's there. <laughs> <laughs> like, the horse is stealthier than you will ever be. You just whistle and bam, it appears. <laughs> Very much reminded of that by the age. Yes, my <laughs> Which I loved yeah. by the end of it. Well, yeah. Spare! <laughs> Is there a lot? You fuck up. You, <laughs> you are guilty of murder. <laughs> Sentence as murder. So, so, uh, <laughs> slight tangent, since you're talking about that, that also kind of reminded me of, if uh, I don't know if you ever watched the original uh, Juan, the movie The Grudge was based off of. Uh, I have not, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, but you know, like the cat boy that appears in The Grudge, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, in the original one, when Ross showed this years ago, yeah, because they just the Japanese version took it to such an extreme where halfway through the movie, it was just funny to figure out where Catboy was going to appear next. So it's like, where where is he going to be on the screen? It's like, where is Waldo, the Japanese horror <laughs> edition? Yeah, fair enough. So uh, the Japanese version, of course, is much better than Grudge. I agree. With you. Yeah. Uh, Bill Pullman aside, I dare say anything about Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> Her work in Buffy is excellent. Uh, <laughs> Buffy, Buffy fans, Sarah Michelle Buffy fans, even that, but like I don't know. I, I, I'm I sure actually have no idea. This is I, they don't I, seem to be one of the more militant fan bases. It's not like Steven Universe or anything where it's like you're inviting them in. I know. I am. Right. I've, I've invoked them. Oh, yeah. You have invoked them, Ross. Have, yeah. have you really had some bad experience with Steven Universe? Uh, no, saw, you have invoked the Okay, so that the context of that is that yeah, I've seen on Tumblr there was some sort of blow up because on Cartoon Network they called a marathon of Steven Universe the Steven Universe bomb or something like Steven that. Bomb, so. Steven bomb. Steven bomb. Yes. Uh, I watched so, the series. It's pretty okay, good. Okay. So. Okay. Somebody did that for Teen Titans Go, and like the fans were out. Some Steven Universe fans were outraged. No, that's our phrase. You can't do that. Oh. I hope they all die. I hope the animators of Teen Titan go die. Literally, yeah, so very uh, 
Tempest in a teapot kind of thing. So um, well, that is entirely my, fanatical my only fans knowledge. being unreasonable. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> anyway. speaking of being unreasonable, let's talk about the anecdote uh, because there is a one shot game uh, that this is actually I've started doing. Uh, I run a one shot for you guys, and then I run it for Patreon backers to see, and it's very interesting to see how you guys act differently uh, <laughs> than each other. So uh, I've done that with Cascadia. Uh, Cascadia Group wound up much worse than you guys did. Uh, well, it depends. Everyone died in the Cascadia Group. There was a total TPK. Uh, and the Sean Infiltrator did not possess uh, a Delta Green agent, so Delta Green was intact. Whereas you guys, you know, uh, the Delta Green... <laughs> yeah, there was... But also, they were so serious about other, like, bad roles. And so neither, neither version of Cascadia ended well. But... Uh, so I ran a one shot called Forced Retirement. This is based on material from uh, the new Firewall book, and there's a there, there's like Firewall sites uh, section, and one of the sites is called Redoubt, which is like we found an exoplanet, we hit it, so no one else can find it, and we built a colony site deep underground, and so if you may, and we have a quantum entangled communicator, if they don't get here, if they hear that humanity's been wiped out, we'll restart. We got two million egos in storage, uh, and all the fabricators and sleeping facilities to house millions of people. Uh, and so the whole idea for Redoubt is that you're an erasure squad, you wake up, and you're told to go retake this facility. Like, go retake Redoubt, because, uh, and you don't know why. And it turns out you've lost communications with, with uh, the solar system. No one knows what happened to the rest of transhumanity. And uh, two firewall factions have taken to fighting to basically restart humanity. The conservatives, led by Jovians, versus pragmatists, who have also made deals with Nine Lives guys. So, um... And you guys, uh, so you're an eraser squad. Uh, you figure out that both of the major warring factions within this facility are, you don't want to side with either one. So, Tom, I mean, you didn't want to side with the conservatives, obviously. No, it's, I, I was more kind of playing like, no, they're both fucking crazy. Right. I think that was kind of the team consensus. Um, and I don't want either one of them in charge. Well, yeah, because it was, yeah, it was the bioconservatives on one side, the, uh, Libertarians on the other side. No, pragmatists. Uh, pragmatists. Uh, libertarian. Sorry, pragmatists. They were pragmatists, and then we're going to have... remake society, make it good by psychosurgering every citizen to be compliant. Uh, you know, they'll make utopia, and the firewall will be in charge. Uh, what could go wrong? Uh, uh, and you didn't agree with that for some reason. Well, no, we also there was a third faction in this too. As yes. Well, oh, so. yes, the Mavericks. Yeah, the Ma- it's a simulation. It's a fake. It's not real. Blow up the simulation. Okay. Uh, but no, pretty much saying yes, even though... You didn't agree with those guys either. No, we didn't agree. And also, we also... It, technically, there also was a fourth with the scientists in the, who had taken over the reactor. Well, they were just... They, were, they, they weren't fighting. They were just... <laughs> True, but, they, but we kind of needed them a little bit. Well, both... That's what the sides were fighting over. Whoever the scientists could control them. But so. yeah, with this group, uh, we had figured out what they all wanted. Uh, the conservatives wanted to just blow the gate. Uh Kill no, the, the, the conservatives wanted to kill the, the each side wanted to kill the other. Yeah, delete their egos and then take over. Yeah, so but they they wanted to. Is it the Mavericks who just wanted to kill the blow? Well, yeah, because they all thought it was a simulation. So uh, the pragmatists wanted to be able to go out, um, use the gate, because and then figure out what happened. 
Uh, and then uh, it's like, and then you have the researchers in the middle who didn't care about eventually, anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, eventually they would figure it out. But, um, but yeah, once we were investigating things, we had found out that uh, there was somebody woken up to take a look at the message on the QE comp. Well, well, let's not go into all that. What I want to oh, focus okay, on so. is your decision. So, like, you find this out. Uh, and then the AI that woke you up tells you, okay, here's some nerve gas. Here's a canister of nerve gas and nanoswarms. Put this in the life support system. It'll kill everyone. Then we, then the scientists can come out, except for the scientists, because they'll be in an environmentally sealed bunker. Uh, and so you can retake the facility. And so just nerve gas everybody. Kill everyone. Uh, that's your job. Yeah. And, and race your spot. And you said... Oh, well, no. I said, let's give peace a chance. <laughs> Let, I'll be the hippie on okay. this one. Let's figure it out. And you erase your score. And, and uh, I will say, I succeeded to a certain point that I managed to kind of convince uh, the conservatives and the pragmatists yeah. to stay up sides. Uh, although, I, unfortunately, I failed with the... Uh, critically failed. Uh, critical, sorry. Critically failed with the Mavericks. Which they decided, well, we're going to end this right now. And Oh, and they're fight. leaving. We can take their missiles and launch it. Yeah, so they it. tried to attack, and thankfully the uh, turrets and the pragmatists managed to take them out. So No, they didn't. You did. So I thought they were, we were no, with them. No, What happened okay. was you succeeded on getting the con- pragmatists and conservatives. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Your brain just auto-rewrites <laughs> to fit the narrative as you go along. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I wanted to no kill them all. Yeah, no, actually, Tom was like, kill them all. Here. All right, I'm doing this. So I here's what happens. But you, 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 which was a viol- diplomacy was a violation of your mission protocols. But you said no, you have free will. So you're like, no, let's piece this out. You make that you get the pragmatist conservatives to stop fighting. Yeah, we got then them. you got the and then so they were beginning like the the pragmatists or the conservatives were about to move out. Uh, so they were leaving some of their weapons unguarded. Um, and then you critically failed with the Mavericks with your persuasion check, and you were out of Moxie, so you couldn't, yeah, so you couldn't undo do that. So, all right, so the, the so worst we... possible thing for the Mavericks to realize, like, oh, we can go see some of those weapons, <laughs> those missiles, and launch it at the reactor. Oh yeah, and so the choice was, the oh, you're you're too far away to try and intercede. You could either hope that the NPCs who are near the Mavericks <clears throat> can stop them, which is a total die roll, up on NPC die roll, random die roll, or you can put the nerve gas in now and kill everybody. And that's when we went into eternal debate. <laughs> no, we ended the debate pretty quick. It was, yeah, you, you basically... Now, you, the whole debate about the nerve gas lasted for a while while I was doing that. And then uh, it was Chris and Drew in the back saying, it's done. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, they, they decided, and you killed everybody, uh, on, uh, the, except for the scientists. Uh, and so, mission accomplished. Mission yeah. accomplished, except they... Decided to go take the retirement. I was going to say... Oh, yeah. So, at the end of it, the, the, I guess this is spoiling the end for it, but, you know, I don't know when I'm going to post this. Um, <laughs> the um, players are told, you go back into cold storage, basically. You're a crazy, violent killer. You're not useful in the society that we're going to rebuild. We go in retirement. We'll wake you up when we need you. <laughs> and, like, for some reason, you guys didn't like that. Uh, no. well, Tom, what did you decide? Oh, wait, you were part of the people like, fuck this, let's go open the gate. Yeah. Okay. Which was a violation of your containment protocols. Well, that, we did our job, like, no, no, I like being awake. <laughs> All right. Well, no, I took trauma. And yeah, no, you, you, yeah, how did you end your character? No, I took trauma, I said, screw you, I'm gonna go with the scientists. They said no, and I walked into the tourists. Yeah, you killed yourself. Uh, death by a century turret. Yeah, uh, and then the other, and then Drew blew up the sleeping facility that you woke up in, uh, and so I think 
Yeah, the, the Faust, Chris, and you open up the gate, and that's where we stop the game. Because mm-hmm. uh, you don't know if it was a simulation or if it was, you were the last, <laughs> if you doomed humanity in the universe. I think my last words were humanity. We've all seen where that leads. <laughs> all right. Uh, so the Patreon game. Uh, they were all no. Let's our mission parameters are to oh okay. Let's go nerve gas those assholes. Uh, they were like they were all on board for that. Uh, so pretty much what predicted. It was much more tactical. It was like how do we keep how how can we get that nerve? Oh, as soon as I told them about the nerve gas, okay, yeah, no, let's get that in there. Let let's do that. Let let we we will do that. Uh, how do we keep? How do we? And they were all on board. And then, uh, so they nerve gassed everybody. Uh, they succeeded. Uh, one player <laughs> took six traumas from it, though, because he crit failed his will times three save, because he found out that both sides were also waking up civilians uh, and sleeving them in there. So he killed a bunch of innocent civilians, not just combatants. Uh, so he lost like 20 uh, lucidity. Uh, and he was a low, he was actually playing the Hidden Concern Assassin. So he was like, oops, my bad. Uh, <laughs> but I started eating my limbs. <laughs> <laughs> so he went into retirement. He just went back into cold store. Or no, he was like, delete me, delete this. Just restore me from backup. I don't want to. I don't want to wake up to this. I don't want to remember. Uh, but then two players are like, I will spend my moxie to persuade the scientists to let me in. Like, okay, we'll let you in if you go into the sleeping facility, and then we can psychosurgery you into compliance. So we're just gonna mess with your brain, with your noodle until you're nice. Yeah, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna fuck all your brain. Yeah. Uh, and so one of the players is like, no, I'm gonna be like Cypher in the Matrix. I'm gonna be rich and important. I don't remember any of this. Uh, <laughs> and that's how it works. So Caleb, any any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, sounds like RPPR. Yeah, uh, if you were in that situation, what do you think you would have led to uh, lean towards? Uh, I don't know, because uh... that was the thing. Like once you took over the facility, once you nerve-gassed everybody, you were basically in control. The scientists were helpless, and they weren't going to leave their little emergency bunker until you were dealt with because they were scared. I'd probably trick another faction into brainwashing everyone for me, then blame it on them, and then be the king of new human society. I mean, let's, okay. let's yeah. face it, yeah. I have my own Fair enough. well-worn path <laughs> <laughs> that I all all my balls and tend to fall in that groove. Machiavelli. Yeah. All right. Uh, fair enough. At least you know your strength. Uh, so, but yeah, Aaron would have tried to establish peace. No, no, I did. If it weren't for like the map, and the thing is, if you had succeeded so. and that was real, that wasn't a simulation. So the pragmatists leave through the Pandora Gate. Conservatives either stay there on that planet forever, or they eventually open up the gate. Yeah, and then eventually they re-meet the pragmatists who have been exploring the cosmos, and they inevitably go back to war. So you, all you did was end World War One, just so they could build up for World War Two. Uh, you know, maybe I was off site by then. So <laughs> yeah, like oh, I don't care. I'm, I'm out. So I uh, got mine. I got mine. So uh, <laughs> that kind of sums up a lot of games. Um, so this has been RPPR episode one nineteen. Duality postmortem. I'm Russ Payton. I'm Tom Church. Uh, and then Caleb. 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 Oh, and I'm here. All right, we'll talk to you guys next time. Yeah.